Hey friends, this is the commissioner here. I just wanted to put a disclaimer out by letting you know that by the time this recording has already finished, we would have released this episode on Friday, but we had recorded this on Tuesday, right before the Rockets-Celtics scrimmage game, the third game. So I just wanted to let you all know that we're not going to do any reviews regarding that. And uh, yeah, so sorry about that, friends. But with that said, welcome to the summit. Times I feel old like I'm going out of style So I turn down the music on my FM dial I beg of you to come and listen for a while And look at this wonderful world through the eyes of a child This is my chance What is going on, Beards and Brodies? You are listening to the Summit State of Mind The podcast of Dream Shakes and Step Backs And everything Houston Rockets I am your host, your commissioner, Kenny And with me, of course, is my brother, my tag team partner The G to the M, Justin and hey, dude, do you smell that? I don't know. I don't know what the Rockets cooking. Do you know what the Rockets are cooking? Ooh. Ooh. Damn. I was going to say Rockets basketball's back, but you just fed it in perfectly. What are the Rockets cooking? They're about to cook some dubs. About to dubs? Like, dude. Uh, you know, like Harden's about to cook some ankles. Westbrook's about to cook some... I don't want to say it, but... Just say it. He'll rock the baby. Ooh, he'll rock. I don't want to cook babies. That's just no, not, no. He will that's not. Just, no, he will jam it in their face and rock and rock his baby in the process. No, he will jam it in his face and rock their baby, and basically yeah, say, that, "I'm your daddy." now. Yeah, basically, he is the father. Dude, of, what if that's what actually what he does? What if that's the reason why? Yeah, I'd be I'd be pretty upset if I were ever there too. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to get into their head. Welcome, welcome in everybody. This is a big day we got going on. It is. The eve before Houston Rockets basketball, we are officially back. Oh my goodness, the games are about to begin. Eight game sprint to the playoffs, and uh, this is this is it here. This is it. This is where the games they don't just matter, dude. Like this is big time seedings, matchups, and this is basically where where the Rockets are gonna lie, whether or not they're gonna face the Clippers or Lakers in the fir- in the second or the conference finals, you, you never know. Yeah. You know, that's barring we even make it out of the first round. Hiya. Hi-ya. <laughs> but that's the thing, we're so hit or miss. We're so hit or miss. Yeah, this team is very much like they'll be top, top notch, and then the next game they'll be bottom of the barrel. And the thing about that is just it's just very hard and difficult to to grasp. But, you know, we just got to think positively in the sense that anything can happen in this time and got to have some faith in this team, you know? Yeah, good. Well, good and bad. Good and bad to uh, any as in in terms of anything can happen, you know? Yeah, you got to take the good with the bad. That's right. I mean, and that's we're going to do territory. That. But I'm going to take the good. I'm going to take the good because I know that I have faith in this team and I know this team is capable. Yeah. This team is very capable. 100%. That's right. And with that said, everybody, uh, welcome in. Once again, we're going to go ahead and move forward here with, uh, we just finished games one and two of the scrimmage. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty, pretty awesome. We got two games in the books here. We have, I still call it two dubs, despite what anyone says, despite us losing game one. All the starters were stripped away after the third quarter. So in my, in my eyes, we won. We won by one against that Raptor team. So (laughs) we only played three real quarters of basketball. Yeah. And we won by, and we were up by one at the end of the third. Mm-hmm. So I'll take it. It was 71 to 70. So thank you. That's a dub. And then we got another dub against Memphis. Uh, that was most of the starters stayed in. John Morant, uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies stayed in. And, uh, I was actually able to get a better look at the second 
scrimmage mm-hmm. game than the first scrimmage game. Yeah. In terms of what we, in terms of what was happening. So, um, with that said, Justin, um, let's go ahead and talk about some things that we did like from uh from games one and two. You can pick mm-hmm. either or from maybe both games that you saw. Um, I know for me personally, what I liked, me personally, what I liked was um Jeff Green's, uh Jeff Green's plus minus on the floor was uh extraordinary in the way that he was able to contribute in terms of rebounding, uh three-point shooting and the way he kind of cuts to the basket and kind of opens up the floor for the team as a backup center. Yeah. So that's, I, mean, I, I, I like his that. His size and his length, like he's still athletic for his age. He's someone that's capable off the bench in limited minutes to make an impact. And what the team is asking of him is something that he can very much thrive in and what is and what he does like the guy can shoot, he can rebound, he can defend. He's very solid. You're not asking too much. You're not, trying to get him to do um, anything out of the ordinary. He's just there to be a part of the team. He's just there to help. And in that sense, that's where he thrives. Another thing that I did like, though, was uh, seeing Ben McLemore shoot really well against Memphis. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how many points he had, but he lit up the scoreboard. Uh, I think he had uh, the 30 points or close to it, but I know he hit six threes. Yeah, he was just on. Six of seven. He, he only was, missed one. He was like, you know, like how um streaky gerald green was he pretty much made up for everything that eric gordon did not do offensively for the team in that regard that's right like he was hitting you know he like he was hitting everything while eric gordon can't hit uh the broad side of a barn you know he's struggling and that's and that's the unfortunate thing too because he worked so hard and to to lose that weight to keep himself uh healthy and in shape but you know when you're Eric, for someone like Eric Gordon, he's in there to kind of be a playmaker to outside of Westbrook and, and Harden, but more importantly than ever, he is a three-point shooter at heart. That yeah. is who he is as a player. So the fact that if he's not hitting it, it kind of he kind of becomes redundant. Then you kind of start leaning on on the players like Daniel House, who who's yeah. been showing out. Like even yeah. Dan Tony's been raving. About I mean, him. Daniel House has been playing well, but then at really the, well. And, but then, you know, there's still the moments in the games where he'll disappear and he'll do the Daniel House 2018 in the playoffs. Or was it 2017? No, it was 2018. 2018? Yeah. Like he'll dis- no, no, I'm sorry. No, 2019. 2019. 2019. Where he'll just disappear. Yeah. And he just And we won't. can't have that. Yeah. We need a guy that can be more um, developed in that sense. And we, we believe that he can bring that to the table. It's just a matter of himself applying himself more into the game and staying focused. Doesn't mean, granted, we're, we, as people, we can all lose it. Um, yeah, but you know, in right. a sense for him in that, in the game and in the moment, it's just more so for him to stay, um, just keep his head in the game. Exactly. Right? It's and a more, it's a mentality. Exactly. Yeah. Um, th- that, with that said, like the team as a whole, uh, they, I, I thought they played pretty well, especially, uh, offensively. Um, D'Antoni has predicated this, uh, training camp, quote unquote, towards, uh, more ball movement. The ball movement has been more stout, which is great. Yeah, There's we, been a lot more ball movement, been, less James Harden ISO. Yes, we've seen James Harden more decisive in his passes, not holding yeah. the ball as much, but he'll still play aggressively in the sense that he'll drive and he'll make his passes. It's just more so he makes his decisions earlier in the shot clock and he's more definitive about his choices. And that's the kind of offense that you'd like to run considering everything. Like, especially when they'll run those offensive sets where they'll run the dummy screens to Harden to give Westbrook the open lane to that's drive. Right. So, that's you know, right. like as soon as those guys come up, that's ready three defenders, maybe even four leaning towards Harden's side. And that leaves one by Westbrook. So in that sense, they'd have one guy maybe come and help and yeah. that isolation movement. But Westbrook has the speed to overcome that, which is why it's been becoming such a staple of um, 
uh, what's it called, like a play in the offense. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 for everyone that's listening, uh, Russell Westbrook. I don't care what y'all say. Russell Westbrook is the shooting guard of this team, and in, in my opinion, anyways, I definitely think Harden is. Uh, in terms of ball handling, he's like player A. Absolutely. Yeah, 100%, yeah. And 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 when we traded away Clint Capella and we acquired a Robert Covington, you're starting to now see it, especially with the two scrimmages, it kind of being shown in full effect now because they've had time now to settle in and basically have a training camp so they can implant this offense properly, exactly. which is basically the driving kick to create that space inside that lane that Capella was occupying initially. Mm-hmm. And now you just spread it. With the small ball lineup, but you spread exactly. it out to the shooters with, with the, in the corners. With the fact that there is the threat of the shooters at every part of um, the court, it will open it up all the space for everyone. That's and right. in that sense, like someone like Westbrook, who you don't want to shoot the three, when he drives, that opens up um, areas for everyone else, like a PJ or a Covington from the corners. Yeah. You know, maybe an Eric Gordon. Right. You know, that is what is supposed to open up for everyone. And um, obviously... Um, with that said, we're going to be expected to score a lot of points, but we're also yeah. going to be expected to give up a lot of points as well. That's it right. comes with the territory with our height. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing too, because uh, unfortunately, all centers are taller than six five, six six heights. Uh. But it is what it is. And uh, but uh, with that said, yeah, Russell. In terms of Russell Westbrook, he's been um, he's he's not been very good in terms of offense. I think he only shot like three of fourteen or three of fifteen. It was not pretty, very it was good shooting. Bad. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Shot yeah. selection's not there, obviously. But I, I would compare it more to the beginning of the season, just minus the three point shooting. I think I just I, I would account it for um him just not having a like a lot of these are like just touches around the basket, just little things here and there that I I feel like he'll pick up once the games start mattering and once the oh, mattering that's not even a word once the games start to matter and. uh I guess you can only hope that when the time comes, because the big man, the center is always going to be on Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, Westbrook that, has to make him pay. Exactly. And how does he do that? By playing the mid range. Yeah. Um, playing the mid range. They, so they have to defend it and open it up, because that opens the opens the back door for someone who can cut like an Eric Gordon, absolutely, or even a Daniel House. Well, that's the thing. That's why. That's yeah. why he's so key. That's exactly. why Westbrook is so key in like getting that it. part of the offense is so crucial for absolutely. us, absolutely, especially when Harden's off the floor. Right? Exactly. That's right. That's right. All right. Good. Uh. Good stuff here in terms of uh what we, what we I guess scouted or saw from games one and two, um, yeah. And also with that, we are gonna move forward by by finding out that oh my gosh, after game one, here comes Mike D'Antoni saying that Eric Gordon is the starter over Daniel House or Jeff Green even. I mean, you can even. In I some would, ways, you can argue starting a Jeff Green for like the first five or six, but that's neither here nor there. But. Well, I mean, like in terms of starting Jeff Green, it's a matter of effectiveness. Like, will he be more effective against starters, or will he be more effective against uh, fellow role players? And no, in that sense, will yeah. he be effective? Because at the same time, you know, when rotations are kicking, like he comes in fresh mm-hmm. when other players have already played, he's able to go in there max speed. As opposed to like being a starter where we kind of go on cruise control a little bit. Yeah, you know what right. I mean? That's like, true. You know, so you always call those people coming off the bench like spark plugs, like an Austin Rivers or even an Eric Gordon before when he would come off the bench. Like those are the kind of guys that you would want. And the fact that Jeff Green brings that type of, um, energy and athleticism yeah. Yeah. is something that might be better fed off of the bench. Yeah. I do not agree with starting Eric Gordon though. I do wish it was Daniel House. I'm not a fan of it either, yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a big fan of Eric Gordon being the starter just because 
I like I like what but apparently what he, what D'Antoni says is that um, all the numbers across the board says that Daniel House is better off the bench, which is I think it's BS because I remember uh, I read somewhere that a, a stat sheet got pulled up and the numbers are actually worse. When he's <laughs> when, a starter? When he's – no, no, no. When he comes off the bench. Oh, so I'm okay. I'm very confused as to why he said that. But, I mean, I guess so. I like the idea of Gordon coming – I like I like the idea of Gordon coming off the bench, him being that one-two punch with him and Rivers. Yes. But he must have a ton of faith. If he's, if he's putting Gordon as a starter, he must have a ton of faith in Austin Rivers – off the bench, and he must have a ton of uh, confidence in Daniel House. Yeah, basically being a backup. Well, basically, big man. but basically, what's going to happen is Gordon will not be the first player to be taken out. It's going to be Westbrook. Yeah, obviously. within the six minute mark, like yes. always, just yeah. like Westbrook gets the Chris Paul treatment in the rotation, where they establish Harden playing the real true number one, and Gordon at the two, and then House at the three. Yeah, and then they'll go with Rivers after when they pull Gordon, put Rivers at the two. That's and right. He'll play. Uh, he'll play alongside a Westbrook in the second half, uh, second quarter, and fourth quarter to start. You know. Yeah. So, in that sense, with that type of energy, like. I really like the rotations. It's just a matter of whether, um, you know, they'll be able to succeed in that sense. I hope so too. Um, I hope that they do succeed. I do like the rotations. I, if I were to put this team together of centering or centering around our two superstars around Westbrook and Harden, um, you got, you got great wing defenders. You got great shooting. You have, um, obviously you'd like a little height. I would love if we had a backup center. I just, me personally, I would just, I mean, I, mean, I know, I know Tyson Chandler is like capable, but I would still like a backup big if possible, but that's just me. He'll only you play know? when it, like, if it's necessary yeah. in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Eric Gordon is a starter. You know, all we got to say is that we hope for better. Uh, we hope that it works out. We've seen it time and time again where he has been put in the starting lineup and it's just not as effective. But maybe Dan Tony sees something that we don't. But I mean, I don't know. I think you're beating a dead horse at this point. <laughs> Everyone keeps asking him. Touché. Everyone keeps asking him, and they you keep beating a dead horse at this point. Maybe they should. Uh, maybe Gordon shouldn't. Uh, maybe Gordon at this point they should just make Gordon the center or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they, they something paid out him there. a four-year, eighty million dollar extension. So I think he gets Whatever traded this off season if he doesn't perform. Um, I like the. I like resigning him i don't like the contract i understand why we did because of how crucial he is to our chemistry he is and but the thing yeah. is you're not going to find someone similar of his caliber for the same price yeah unless you somehow miraculously we trade and get bradley beal yeah that's, oh, that's not true. happening i so, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to him though he the man shoots a shot no matter what whether it's on the basketball floor or on twitter my man shoots a shot all the time eric gordon i see eric gordon like commenting on every like there's like a pretty girl, and then I'm like, oh, okay, pretty random, pretty girl on my Twitter, and then here comes Eric Gordon with the reply, and I'm like, oh, Eric Gordon should be shot. Can, can you can you read that tweet in Eric Gordon's voice, Ken? Oh, I don't, oh, there was actually one. <laughs> it was really funny. I think there was like a random girl that was like, uh, Sundays are for lazy days, and then he was like, he was like, oh well, you know, if you're gonna have a lazy day, maybe you should uh, maybe you should have a lazy day with uh, me. And then he puts his at, at Eric Gordon or whatever, at EG something. And I'm like, oh, EG. I respect it. You know what? Hey, why I'm, not, I'm right? Gonna, I'm going to assume that, man the, shoots the, a that, shot. that the woman that said this was a Latina woman is. I feel like Eric Gordon loves Latina women. I don't know why. <sighs> I don't know, <laughs> I just man. Get the sense. 
but my man's a shooter and i gotta respect it and i respect it dude. Yeah, i respect that because shooters shooters respect shooters that's right you baby. already know bro <laughs> your boy right here shooting all day every that's day right. shout out to my boy phil who pays attention oh you literally lives vicariously through you uh, oh man so yeah like uh Anyways, yeah, so Eric Gordon uh, is this official starter of Daniel House. So the starting mm-hmm. lineup is going to be Russell Westbrook, James Harden, Eric Gordon, uh, 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 Robert Covington, and PJ Tucker. Yeah. So that is going to be our starting five. We are rolling. We are going to be rolling with that squad come the eight seeding games. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's going to be our that's going to be our lineup. And guys, and by the way, hey, do you want to know one thing that all those players, all the starters have in common? They have decent hair. Did you know that? Yeah, yeah, I they guess have so. decent hair, but not huh. as hair, not but not, but you know what? I'll say this though: their hair is not as good as us. Do you know why their hair is not as good as us, Justin? Please tell them, Kenny. Oh, their hair isn't as good as us because we get our hair cut from the Argyle League. Have you ever wanted to look like a gentleman in a place where you can get a haircut and a shot of whiskey, all while being taken care of by top shelf professional barbers? That's right. This is the Argyle League, where me and my brother have been receiving our haircuts since 2016. What makes Argyle literally the coolest barbershop in the world? They were voted coolest barbershop in the world. They have been featured in GQ magazine. They were the exclusive barbershop for the NCAA Final Four in 2016. They were the official barbers for the Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Calendar launch party in 2017. Awesome. And that's just a few accolades. So if you're tired of your hair and you want to look like a gentleman, I highly recommend going to Argyle League and getting a fresh cut from one of their kick-ass barbers. Located at 709 West Alabama Street in Houston, Texas. You can visit their website now, theargyleleague.com, to book an appointment. I'll say that again. Their website, theargyleleague.com, to book an appointment. So stay sharp, gentlemen, and meet your boys at the summit. Welcome back, everybody. You are listening to the Young Bucks. Ha, psych! We don't like... Milwaukee Bucks around here. You are listening to the Summit State of Mind, a Houston Rockets only podcast. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you for clarifying. Yeah, just had to make sure that everyone knew that everyone knew that this is the Houston Rockets podcast. Welcome back, everyone. And uh, with that said, dude, eight games, eight seeding games. This is where the games count. Yeah, this is where it begins. This is where it begins. Like Shang Tsung said. It has that? begun. <laughs> he goes. He kidnapped Sonya Blade. I, I low key always believed that Shang Tsung was a predator. Had a fetish. Yeah, he had a fetish with white girls or something. I don't know what it was, but he kidnapped Bro, Sonya. I was did, like, who did Johnny Tsunami marry? And Johnny Johnny Tsunami too. He a white girl. <laughs> Yo, Yo, I man. need a minute. Yo, Mind hang on. I need a minute. Is blown. I need a minute. Hang on. <laughs> jo- Shang Tsung is back on board. Not even just Johnny Kepahala. Oh, Shang Tsung. Wow. <laughs> Dude. I just feel like I just saw the bridge to Terabithia or Bridget Wilson. To Terabithia. To, Terabithia. <laughs> <laughs> to Outworld. <laughs> oh, God. Wow, man. You know, no, seriously, you just blew my mind. Oh, my gosh. Like, geez, Louise. Shang Tsung. Man. You know what? Keep shooting your shot, Shang Tsung, just like Eric Gordon. <laughs> even if you got, even if you got to kidnap a girl, I res- respect. <laughs> we don't. We, us at this episode, might do kidding. not condone that. We do statement. not condone that. We it don't was condone just, that. <laughs> disclaimer: It was totally a joke. Not mean it. Don't get sensitive, please. Twenty twenty friends. 
It's fine. Yes, guys. It's just a joke. Watch the 1995 film uh, Mortal Kombat. It'll all make sense. <laughs> it's uh, he basically kidnaps her. It's nothing. It's nothing like that at all. Uh, he basically does that to lure Liu Kang in for one last battle because uh, if they win the tenth tournament, then they get to rule over Earth. Uh, and also because Liu Kang is a descendant of Kung Lao. He's Bam. descendant of Kung Lao. Is supposed to be the chosen one. So that's. That's neither here nor there, but yeah, you guys just got a little snippet of Mortal Kombat. I love Mortal Kombat. Probably one of my favorite franchises ever. All right, besides the Rockets. Here we go. Let's go. All right, prediction for the eight games, Justin. We are in it now. Uh, uh-huh. So me and my brother came together. We came together with our predictions for the eight games, um, wins and losses, uh, what our record will be uh, afterwards. And um, for me personally, our record stands right now at uh, 40 and 24. With eight more games remaining. Mm-hmm. Um, we have games against the Mavericks, the Bucks, the Blazers, the Lakers, the Kings, the Spurs, the Pacers, and we're going to end it with the Sixers. Uh, so I, I'll go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just let, I'll tell you right now. Um, I picked dubs all across the board. We'll take an L against the Bucks and we're going to take, this is where you, it's going to, Maybe um, stun y'all. I think we're gonna take an L against the Spurs. I don't know why. I just probably feel like because it, you know pops, pops is definitely gonna find his way to weasel into the playoffs. Exactly. Yeah. And with that said, I think our record is gonna be six and two. I think we pick up wins against the Mavs, the Blazers, the Lakers, and the Kings, as well as the Pacers and Sixers, and we finish strong with those last two. Mm-hmm. So we uh, have a good, uh, good momentum going into the mm-hmm. playoffs. I think the record is six and two with an overall record of forty six and twenty six. And I think, and my, I think we could get to the third seed, possibly. At six and two, it's possible. Six and two, it's very possible. Yeah. I'd like to think, good mm-hmm. thoughts, that we mm-hmm. can get to the third seed. Yeah. So uh, that's my prediction. Justin, what's your, what's your prediction? My prediction is a bit more bleaker than yours, in my opinion. Okay. Um, I do think that the Rockets will beat the Mavs as well. But I do think we beat the Bucks. In my opinion, I think that we have their number. But they've been beating us. They've been beating us with a Capella. They haven't played us with a Robert Covington. Granted, we won't have the size, but we do have the quickness. Their defense is very good. That's what I'm saying. I do think that this Rockets team could beat them with the addition of Robert Covington in the sense of spreading the floor. Um, I don't see us beating the Blazers because we always lose to Portland. Always lose to Portland. That. I don't know <laughs> why don't Damian it. Lillard and CJ McCollum always go off. They got the newly renowned Carmelo Anthony, who's like twenty pounds lighter. He looks like high school Carmelo. Well, actually, no, he looks he, he looks more like poverty mellow. Like he did not eat. <laughs> he looks really thin. Oh man, it's really la, weird. La la be la la be starving, my boy. Yeah, I know, man. Come on, um, man. You got served. But I do see the Rockets beating the Lakers. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, we agree there. I see us losing to the Kings. Whoa, what? Because the Rockets play down toward their competition. Oh, you know what? I know why. Because Harrison Barnes plays for them. Okay, Kenny, kidding. whatever makes you feel better. <laughs> just, but I hate to right, say though, it yeah. that way. Yeah, no, But that's right. what I think. Yeah. I do think we beat the Spurs and the Pacers, but I do think we lose to Philly. Okay. If Ben Simmons is actually the newly found Ben Simmons shooting three balls, that's an, that's, that's an aspect of a game that can open up a lot of things for them. I don't believe in it, personally. I still don't believe in it. You uh, can do anything well, I mean, during practice or whatever, yeah. or even scrimmage games, but when yeah. the games really count, but I don't like, know. And I don't just in so. my mind, I see us going 5-3. and three. Um, okay. You might think that we can get the third seed. I don't think we're getting past the fifth. I do think we end up facing OKC or Utah in the first round. Um, but it's just me, just because I feel like this team is who they are. Like They will play up to the best but they will play down to the worst for some reason they just never can get themselves mentally but i mean all the great teams do 
Yeah. It, it happens, yeah. you know, but it's the great teams that will, even when they lose focus, they'll still come through in the second half. And the thing about the Rockets is that sometimes it does, but there are still those games where I feel like that no matter how hard we are, we're, we're in, we're just going to be running through uh quicksand, you know? And that's just pretty typical with how we are. And yeah. especially with how, how our team runs. I mean, I, I, I can't explain it. It, for some reason, always happens. We always play down to our competition, uh, trap game. Yeah. Every time you have a, every time it's like against a low ranked team, it's always a trap game. Even worse when you're against teams like the New York Knicks. We lost to the Knicks in New York. Was Harden playing that game? I don't think he was. I don't remember, but I just knew that was, I just Westbrook knew that that was, was like, carried us, that was like the worst stretch of like Harden's career. And that's, yeah, uh, it's very upsetting. So you go five and three and you don't think we'll go above the fifth seed. Which is fine. I mean, seeds don't really matter. It's just more matchups. Yeah, I just think it's more so the matchup. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I. It's just more so an inkling. Oh, like there's fair not like. Yeah. There are some things that I believe that are right, but there are some things that I'm not sure, a hundred percent sure about. So. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. With that said, so we predicted where we are. We disagree there. I have more hope. You're just being more I realistic. I completely different teams in the sense of who we who we beat. <laughs> well, isn't that the good thing about uh, individuals? Touche. That's how we get. That's that's how it is, man. Uh, we're not always going to be uh, simpatico. Yeah, yeah, that's it's very just, true. That's just how it is. Very true. And uh, with that said, everyone, this is it right here. Game one of eight against the Dallas Mavericks. Justin, let's discuss that. Let's discuss what it's going to take to beat them. Mm-hmm. Um, I put three keys in for to beat the Mavs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll give you my three keys to beating the Mavs. I picked uh, – well, I'm going to put disclaimer out because three-point shooting is like – that's typical. I feel like that's just yeah. too common. Yeah. I'm not going to say yeah. that. The three keys to beating the Mavs is uh, transition defense. Definitely. It's so I am so adamant on – like. Yeah. Transition defense has been making me so upset. I've been watching these scrimmage games, and I'm like, get back. Get back. Oh, my God. How do you lose that guy on the back end? Oh, my gosh. And he gets an easy layup. Here comes John Morant with another layup. Yep. I'm like, come on. And, you know, so transition defense is one of them. Um, limit Luka and uh, gang rebounding. That's my three. Those are my three. Uh, That's a very good keys. <laughs> and I think my keys are very, very similar. Okay. Because my number me. one is definitely transition defense. Thank um, God. We do know that that is the Houston's biggest weak link. Um, number two is the same containing Luca in that sense to make sure that he doesn't go off. Limit him in the sense of the effect that he has in the game. He'll get He's going to control the pace for Dallas. It's Absolutely. just a matter of putting him in places where he's uncomfortable as opposed to letting him succeed in situations that he is very successful in. So I want to put him in situations that he might not be as comfortable. Make him make decisions at the snap of a finger as opposed to analyzing the floor like he can. You know, mm-hmm. he's very great at what he does. He's a great shooter. He's a great passer. He can do it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, but my number my number three would be um, more so executing what you're best at. In that situation, for me, where the number three transition offense in the league, take advantage of your fast break points because you want to you want to beat a team that's a bit younger, especially like Dallas. Um, we're a bit more veteran. Um, we have a more veteran presence, so Absolutely. we want to beat them in the sense that we should be more focused than them. So we should be able to beat them in things that we are the best at, like transition three, um, isolation. Those three we should be able to beat them at because we are better than them in that Absolutely. sense. Absolutely, still young um, and very inexperienced. So I in that do. Sense, that's yeah. what I think we will need in that sense 
um, for us to beat them. But, um, yeah, I mean, gang rebounding definitely is an honorable mention because they got Kristaps in there. Uh, we're not, we're not, we're, you're missing Bob on the Giant. I know, but he'll play limited minutes. I don't care. And the question, I don't even know if he'll be even, uh, I love Boban, <laughs> but I don't know if he'll be effective <laughs> against the Rockets. That's a whole other story. Uh, but Boban needs to come in and, and go, well, like Charles Barkley, he is an equal opportunity abuser. There you go. He goes, if you, if you throw the left, if you, hey, man, if you turn the other cheek, I'm going to slap you in the other cheek too. <laughs> I don't know why I gave him a lisp. Because he kind of does. Because he kind of does. I gave him a list. Just a little bit. I don't know. It was weird. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. All right. Good Good points. Good points. Good to know that we're in a, you know, an agreement in a sense. And we yeah. know that defense is basically going to mm-hmm. be like the, the main key, obviously. Most definitely. Because um, we know it's going to be high scoring. And uh, so, you know, good thoughts towards uh, towards the Rockets there. They should get the job done against the Mavericks. Um, these games are limited. You're not running an 80-game season from here on in. It's no. literally only eight games. So every game, they really need to be focused. I really, in my opinion, the trap game excuse is, is BS at this point mm-hmm. just because, one, we're in neutral territory, and two... Every game matters. Yeah. So the trap game excuse is total BS. Don't play down your competition because this is an eight-game sprint going into the playoffs. Well, I mean, every team they're facing is teams that are basically in the playoff. Yeah, picture. yeah. Or they're in the, or they're, they're in the. They're hunt. close. They're yeah. there. Like they're pretty much there, or they're like right at the cusp. And so these teams do not suck in yeah. that sense. So I mean, we should, but it's just there are teams that. Houston just universally struggles against naturally. Yeah, and that's just yeah. I'm I not, mean, you can date it all the way back to the Seattle SuperSonics in the '90s. I mean, it's yeah, just, I mean, it's just 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 in that just sense, how it is. Like, I know even though we've beaten, like, it's just so like guys like like the Blazers, like Lillard, for some reason, he just always tends to just beat us and dominate us for just yeah. some reason. And that's just kind of how it is. It comes with the territory. It's, it is what it is. You know, um, it's unfortunate, but it's just, yeah, it's just the way it, it's just the way the cookie crumbles for us. Yes, most definitely. All right. So we got game one and uh, we also have game two against the Bucks this weekend. Uh, Justin, let me give you my three keys to beating the Bucks. Uh, one is to watch the length. It's a mm-hmm. very lengthy team. Yeah. Um, so, so you need to watch it. You need to watch out for that in terms of rebounding, the defense that they're going to play and they're going to put their hands on the cookie jar all the time. They're mm-hmm. really great at defense, uh, clogging the lanes, um, getting steals. Mm-hmm. They're very good at that. So you watch the length too. Harden needs to turn it on. Mm-hmm. Um, Harden, you always struggles against the Bucks because of their length. Yeah. Um, so I need Harden to really step up here. Um, because I know Westbrook will be ready. I know the team will be ready, but I need Harden to, I don't need him to go gangbusters and shoot 45 points, but I need him to make at least a bigger impact in the game. Mm-hmm. So I need Harden to turn it on and last but not least, hit your shots. I think mm-hmm. actually for this game, it's very vital mm-hmm. to hit your three point shots because you know, if there's going to be any, sh- if there's any going to be anything that's going to be open for you, it's going to be the three point shot. Mm-hmm. The length, the length that they, that they have, I just don't see us getting in the paint a whole lot. Yeah. Especially with the fact that it's Covington now. Mm-hmm. So, um, those are my three keys do you have a uh, three keys well my number one key is the same as the last game transition defense we're facing the number one transition offense in the nba so in that sense we're gonna have to turn it up or they're just gonna completely run us off the floor which yeah. is what happens with them yeah. i mean granted with Giannis, you know blocking like you know making um just def- like changing defensive possessions him brooke lopez right with their length yeah. that leads to fast breaks to everybody That's you know right. number two for me is for the team especially the guards to be quick 
and decisive in the sense of don't wait around. Don't let them get settled on defense. Make the choices. Make them adjust to you. Don't adjust to them because once their defense is set, they're the top three defense in the NBA. So you don't want them to do that. You want them to be playing in the sense where they have to think, not to where we're going into their territory. Yeah, you can't let them dictate exactly the pace of the way the game is going to be played. And then number three, hit your shots. Uh, uh, Always. We have to hit our shots because... The thing about the, the Bucks is that with their length and their defense, they have the top rated defense in defending the three point shot, which we are the highest uh, rated three point uh, shooting team. Yeah. You know, maybe Absolutely. not percentage wise, but definitely overall. Yeah. Um, so in that sense, make them count. When you get an opening, shoot it. Don't hesitate, especially with the guys like an Austin Rivers, a Ben McLemore. Maybe Especially even an Eric Gordon or a Covington, yeah. you know? Oh, I would like, absolutely say that. You want them that, yeah. to shoot without reckless abandon in the sense when they have an opening because you don't know when they will have it again because that exactly. team defends so well and they're so quick. Like, you're never too sure. So no, in that not. sense, this is why they're the favorites. So, yeah, yeah, of course. So, yeah, That's neither here nor there, though, in my opinion, just because of the mm-hmm. fact that um, I-, I still think Giannis has to prove himself. Yeah. When the game shrinks... Mm-hmm. To that half court, you need a jump shot. Yeah. You still need a jump shot to win to win a championship. Mm-hmm. So I, I so I, I I believe that they're still not a championship team. But that's that's my deal. <laughs> I respect that. Opinion. Good points. Good points, Justin. Mm-hmm. That's right. And and you're, I agree with you in every sense of the word, um, because of the fact that especially with a team like the Bucks, a team like the Mavericks should be able to beat just because they're young. Mm-hmm. A team like the Bucks is experienced. They do have veterans on the team. They do have an Eric Bledsoe. Um, they have the Lopez brothers. You have? Uh, do they still have um, Snell? I believe so. They right? also have Snell's um, another veteran. You know, yeah, um, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, who's a veteran. I he's a veteran pretty much now too. He's yeah. been in the league long enough. And uh, yeah, so this is not going to be an easy game. Game two of of the eight is not going to be an easy one. Uh, you could argue it probably is going to be the toughest. So all you got to do is um, follow through on your game plan, stay strong, stay mentally strong, and continue playing at the pace in which you play. Don't let them dictate it, and uh, play the best that you can. That's all you can hope for. Exactly. So, all right. Awesome, guys and girls, if girls are listening to this. You are officially entering the NBA bubble now because this is big-time basketball. And with that said, this is going to be the end of this episode where we previewed games one and two. And uh, we want you guys to enjoy it. We want you guys to enjoy watching basketball, enjoy watching the Rockets, because, you know, like this wasn't really supposed to happen with everything happening right now. Absolutely. Um, so this is really a treat, a treat for us. A really treat um, whatever you, if anyone's going through anything. Uh, personal health, health related, or wherever it may be, kind of use this as an escape. You watch, watch, uh, the Rockets, watch Astros. Enjoy these, enjoy these moments in sports because, especially in this time of the year, I don't think it's ever going to come again. Absolutely. So, with that said, game one on, uh, Friday, uh, against the Mavericks is going to be at eight o'clock. You should be able to watch it. All, all, uh, games are going to be available on the local AT&T Sportsnet in Houston. Uh, that's once again, Mavericks and Rockets are going to be at 8 p.m. Friday. And then we have game two Sunday. Rockets versus Bucks starting at 730. 
I think this one is actually a nationally televised game. Yes, I'm right. It is going to be on ABC. So what time does it start? 7.30. Cool, I get off of work at 8. Oh, my boy. All right. (laughs) And I'm off on Sundays. So fantastic. We'll both be available. So yeah, 7.30 uh, is going to be the, the tip-off time for the uh, Rockets Bucks. Uh, please, 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 everyone, um, like I said, if you're listening to this podcast, enjoy the games. Do it for yourselves. Um, take it as a time to get away. We, uh, we'd appreciate y'all if you just do that. And we appreciate each and every one of y'all for actually listening to this podcast. Um, we, le- by literally the three-week mark, we had hit over 250 downloads. That's like well under a month. So I'm actually really proud of that. Yeah, that's Justin, cool. thank you um, for yeah, man, putting the word out there. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, really humbling to see everyone listen to us and give us their time, which is pretty cool. We're gratefully, um, we're, we're very appreciative, extremely grateful um, about that fact. So thank you guys. We really appreciate your time and please continue supporting us. Subscribe, follow, repost, talk about us. You know, if anyone, if you know anyone that likes basketball or just random banter about, you know, anything. And that's the good, and that's the good thing about this podcast is that you were very rocket centric. But like I said, with the bonus pod that we released the Astros, we'll release the bonus episode with Astros. Uh, I released, we just released an episode uh, with my best friend, Chris. Um, we, we talk about the rockets, but it's not just about the rockets. We can really stretch it out and talk about different things. Mm-hmm. But obviously for us, we just appreciate each and every one of y'all for taking the time out just to, just to listen to us for a little bit. Um, it's very humbling for me and my brother. We've, like I said, this is a revamp podcast when we started back in 2015, but uh, we're really putting our effort in here and we're really trying hard to get ourselves out to the masses so at least mm-hmm. y'all can have a different perspective. The whole reason why we wanted to create this podcast was because there's not a whole lot of Rockets podcasts out there, um, or at least Rocket podcasts out there in terms of just having fun. Mm-hmm. So we're not afraid of that. We're not afraid of making fun of each other, making fun of ourselves. That's just how we roll. <laughs> yeah, we just like to have fun. We're just, you know, casual dudes who like the Rockets, you know? And that, that's kind of what comes with, comes with how we are naturally as people. That's so right. what you're getting is very authentic and real, and there's nothing to hide from us. No, not at all. So whether you agree with us or disagree with us, we'd love to hear from you. I mean, uh, if you think the Rockets are a great team, great. Let us know. If you think the Rockets suck six ways to Sunday, mm-hmm. let us know. I really don't care. I'm, I'm happy to hear it. So with that said, thank you so much for listening once again. Uh, you can go ahead and follow us at Summit State of Mind underscore pod. Say that once again, at Summit State of Mind underscore pod on Instagram. Go ahead and follow us there. We are on we are on uh, Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. And uh, another shout-outs once again to our all of our sponsors that have been um, with us from the beginning. Uh, shout-outs to uh, Day Off, Day Off Brand. Shout-outs to... Um, being here coffee being here coffee lab and studios and of course shout outs to argyle league which is what i even add to earlier um shout outs to all of them and shout outs to all of you all the wonderful fans all the beards and brodies out there whether you are in houston or in virginia or randomly new york or heck even the philippines we appreciate each and every one of y'all for supporting uh our little our little podcast that could so uh once again thank you so much and with that said uh, with the pandemic going on, please make sure that you are wearing your mask. And also, very important, make sure that your hands are nice, nicely washed and clean at least 20 seconds. And uh, make sure that you're taking care of yourselves. And most importantly, especially in the age of, tw- age of 2020, make sure you are taking care of each other. Beards and Brodies. Good. <laughs> Take care.
the summit. Four, 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 four.